Hello, and welcome to Boston Private Perspectives. I'm Shannon Sakosha, Chief Investment Officer at Boston Private, and I want to thank you for joining me once again. Last week, we talked a lot about technology stocks and the potential disruption that things like higher taxes and higher interest rates could create amidst an environment where technology stocks and growth stocks in general are trading at higher valuations than other cyclical sectors. One of the reasons why we expect cyclical sectors to rebound is not only this valuation gap, but also the perceived increase that we're anticipating in inflation and economic growth. With that increase in inflation, there is the expectation that the Fed and other central banks could become less accommodative as we move through the end of the year and into 2022. And that creates concerns that the valuations at which these growth stocks are trading at in the market right now are not sustainable or justifiable based on their earnings growth. We spent a good bit of time on this, but as we've noticed over the course of the last couple of days, this reflationary rotation is certainly in place. And so you're going to continue to hear dialogue about how the tech trade impacts the overall market, at least for the next several quarters. Providing some support was Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, who came out yesterday and stated that while he acknowledges that there could be some inflationary impact over the course of the next several quarters, that the Fed is seeing that as likely transitory and that they would be looking once again, as they stated back in November, for sustainable inflation in order to dramatically tighten policy. This also speaks to the way that the Fed feels about the employment market, and they certainly feel like there's a ways to go in getting back to employment levels that the Fed feels comfortable with. And so this is going to be a little bit of a push and pull over the course of the next several quarters. It reminds me of the period after the great financial crisis, when whenever we got good news about the economy, it was perceived that the Fed was getting set to taper or become less accommodative because of that good news about the economy. You couple that with the fact that we're sitting and waiting for almost a $2 trillion bill to come out of Washington. And so any economic good news, which then impacts the yield curve, steepening and increasing the 10-year yield on treasuries, um, potentially creating uh, you know, higher costs for borrowing for companies who've enjoyed incredibly low interest rates over the course of the last decade. Any of that good economic news could be perceived as bad news for the markets. And so as I was thinking about this today, I was thinking about how one invests over the course of an economic cycle. And you know, whether you believe we're in the first year of a new bull market cycle um, that could last three or four years or the first year of another 10 plus year bull market cycle. That's not something I want to get into in this um, particular podcast, although we certainly agree that we believe we're entering into a positive period for equity returns. Uh, The challenge with investors today, behaviorally, is that over the last year, we've been moving from crisis to crisis to crisis. So clearly, we saw the supply chain crisis um, in January and February as uh, COVID-19 took hold in China. 
Um, that's that then led to the consumer crisis as the as COVID nineteen took hold all over the world and forced us to restrict consumer activity um, through social restrictions and stay at home mandates. We then moved into a period where we received monetary and fiscal stimulus, which helped steady the economy. Then that fiscal stimulus ran out. There was another crisis about what the second aid package would look like. Why was it taking so long? The second surge of COVID started. We moved into the election. We moved into a difficult post-election period. And now we've moved into 2021, where we're anticipating a potential increase in taxes. Uh, and we're seeing this increase in interest rates uh, amongst the expectations of higher growth and higher inflation. So as I was thinking about all of this today, um, I was reminded of a phrase that I hear in yoga. And first and foremost, I want as a caveat to say that I'm hardly experienced in the art of letting go and embracing all that yoga has to offer from a mental and physical wellness perspective. Um, in fact, I only practice yoga to attempt to take at least a short bit of time in which I'm not focusing on um, on the markets and the economy. And so for me, thinking about the markets in terms of, you know, this phrase, stay for the exhale, um, seems somewhat outside of my normal persona. But I think that that phrase really typifies how I'm thinking about what's happening in the market over the course of the last couple of weeks and what I anticipate will happen over the next couple of years. Um, we here at Boston Private do believe that we're entering into this reflationary rotation. Um, we've talked about in our previous podcasts how we've added additional cyclical exposure, particularly in areas like small cap stocks and emerging markets, in order to capture parts of that reflationary rotation. Um, but the idea behind the fact that higher interest rates and therefore a less accommodative Fed um, are, you know, such a debilitating force for the equity markets, I think is a bit misplaced. Because as Powell said in his address yesterday, it masks the reality that we're actually seeing an improving global economy. Um, after all of these crises that we have experienced over the course of the last year, being able to sit and digest economic data that is, um, has improved, although recently some of it has sputtered a bit, but we anticipate that this trend will reverse and we'll start to see meaningful improvement over the next couple of months. The fact that we have um, multiple vaccines that are available, the fact that people are likely to get um, back into the workforce in the back half of this year as the economy expands, and that we do have continued fiscal and monetary support for the recovery. All of those should be rationale for us to take a step back, take a seat, and exhale. This, the relative underperformance of technology stocks on a day-to-day -day basis, or what is likely to persist over the next several quarters, certainly that's a concern from a returns perspective. Relative to the overall market, these have been winners, and maybe they aren't the leaders in the market as we move forward. However, none of the trends that have created the value in these companies over the last several years are going away. Um, the, you know, the growth of enterprise spend at businesses, um, the growth of the digital, uh, 
consumer experience, which we touched on, um, which I touched on in, in an editorial piece that I wrote uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. All of those trends are going to continue, sustain, and likely strengthen with a stronger economy. And so what we really should be focused on is that there are more areas of opportunity and less uh, areas of significant risk because the global economy is improving. And so it, it can be difficult to take a step back and think about the market in terms of not just relative performance on a day-to-day basis, but think about in terms of over a 5, 10, or 20-year time horizon. We're entering this expansionary period. We're coming out of the recovery phase. And typically, that's a very strong period for risk assets. And so while it may feel that there is a lot of concern about overvaluation or frothiness or the next shoe dropping. Um, Those, I think, are shorter term concerns, because if I look out over the course of the next 12, 18, 24 months, um, I certainly want to continue to focus investments on areas that can benefit from growing, growing economic growth, that can benefit from a more normalized interest rate curve, um, that can benefit from the trends that we're seeing. And instead, this view that we need to continue to see the punch bowl um, in front of us and full in order for the economy to continue to grow and the markets to continue to produce gains, I think it's misplaced. Um, A thoughtful process about uh, becoming less accommodative on the monetary side, a fiscal stimulus that is right now focused on crisis spend. Um, that should translate into a period of spending that is supportive of growth because that will produce longer term positive impacts for the U.S. economy. Those are the things that we should be looking for and focused on. Worrying about, you know, a 10 year treasury yield at 143 versus a 10 year treasury yield at 75 basis points. Well, there certainly are some concerns there from a um, a cost perspective, but historically, those are still really low rates, and there aren't likely enough to disrupt economic growth, which is what is so critical right now to support further gains, particularly in the equity market, over the next several years. So taking a step back, thinking about it in terms of what the economy can deliver, thinking about the fact that a stronger economy will produce gains on both the top line and the bottom line for many sectors, um, not just defensive sectors, not just sectors that were insulated from the pandemic, but sectors that haven't had the opportunity to participate in that. It doesn't have to be a binary decision. One does not feel like they have to sell out of their technology names in order to fund cyclical names. There are areas of the market that you can take capital from, and we're seeing that. And so not to understate um, the importance of what's happening in this re-rating of technology companies that's occurred over the course of the last several days, but understanding that you know this is more normal market functioning. And if there's anything that we've asked for 
or looked for over the course of the last several years. Back, you know, to when we were worrying about, you know, the yield curve inverting, um, we're entering a more normalized environment. And markets can can deliver gains, maybe, albeit not as strong gains as they can, they did last year, perhaps, but um, gains nonetheless in a normalized environment. Um, healthy functioning of the financial markets, uh, you know, a, a move towards a, you know, a more balanced approach um, to, you know, U.S. government finances. All of those would be positive outcomes if we were to look forward over the next two or three years. And they should be something that we're looking past this sort of near term for and feeling optimistic about rather than getting too focused on short term disruptions and perhaps even small corrections in the equity market as a result of these improving trends from an economic perspective. So, in short, what's happening in the economy, in interest rates, in the yield curve, in inflation, this is what we were waiting for. We were waiting to see this improvement. So if you're thinking about building a portfolio or you're invested in a portfolio already, just take a seat and stay for the exhale. Thanks again for listening to this week's podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to our team here at Boston Private with any questions or concerns that you may have. If you have questions or thoughts on my points today, you can find me on Twitter at Shannon Sakosha. You can also read our latest perspectives on the markets, the economy, taxes, and estate planning by visiting bostonprivate.com. If you want all of this information delivered right to your inbox, I encourage you to sign up for our newsletters while you're there. And be sure to subscribe to the Boston Private Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. I look forward to coming to you again next week. This podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. The opinions expressed and information contained in this podcast are given in good faith, may be subject to change without notice, and are as of the date issued. All sourced information is believed to be reliable but has not been independently verified. This podcast discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic, market, or political conditions and should not be construed as personalized investment advice. The following does not represent a complete analysis of every material fact with respect to the topics covered herein. All investments carry a risk of loss. Neither BPW nor its investment professionals or representatives provide tax, accounting, or legal advice. Listeners should review any planned financial transactions or arrangements that may have tax, accounting, or legal implications with their advisors. For additional information about us, please refer to our Form ADV Disclosure Brochure, which may be obtained by contacting us at 800-422-6172 or info at bostonprivate.com. Private banking and trust services are offered through Boston Private Bank and Trust Company, a Massachusetts chartered trust company. Wealth management services are offered through Boston Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor and wholly-owned subsidiary of Boston Private Bank and Trust Company. Boston Private Bank is an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Investments are not FDIC-insured, not bank-guaranteed, and may lose value.